guys. Welcome back to the podcast. You are on Fan the Flame. It has been since May 16th since I've done a podcast, guys. Whew. Long time. I've had a lot of people reach out, ask me what's going on. And the truth is, I have been super, super busy. And I wanted to dedicate time to a lot of the right things. I wanted to not be rushed. I wanted, When I do these, I, I want to make sure that I'm following my own protocol, the way that I've set this up. And um, unless the Lord wants to change it, I'm down with that. And to be honest, uh, it's been a it's been a month of searching, seeking, um, and just petitioning the Lord, asking, reminding Him of His promises. And if I'm honest as well, uh, just kind of a time of like reflection: Why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, who am I reaching with what I'm doing? And sometimes that takes time. Um, instead of doing the things. Um, I need to just spend time with the Lord and ask him why I'm doing the things because I can get to a place like anyone else where it's just like, okay, we're just doing the regular and, and just because we're supposed to do this and um, why are we doing this? And so I thought it was awesome that I actually finished 10 episodes before taking this break. And um, the last one I did was titled In the Waiting and I have been in that season. You know, this whole podcast is about fanning the flame of the gifts that have been uh, put inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I felt like in some capacity, some of those giftings for me, the flame has been dwindled. And I'm asking God, man, I, you, you wanted me to start this podcast. So what's the deal, Lord? Why am I feeling this way? And, and why, is it, uh, why is it feeling like I have to muster up strength in some areas, whereas other areas just kind of come naturally? And and what the Lord shared with me, I believe, is, is he's, he's building me as he's building you. And we have to learn how to deal with things that don't come naturally. A lot of times we rely on our natural talents and they just get us through when God really wants us to be uh, deeper, more effective um, and more fervent on the things that we're not really that great at. And he wants us to work on those things. And, and our walk with Jesus makes that a lot easier because his, uh, his burden is um, light and his yoke is easy, but he's trying to get us to fully me and you trying to get us to fully rely on him and his strength. And so sometimes that takes him really, um, giving us opportunity to seek him in places where let's just be honest, we don't always do very well. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. For, I'm still super thankful for this platform. And, and for those of you who have reached out um, and asked me, hey, what's going on with the podcast, man? Missing them. And um, I, you know, maybe maybe part of it was a little bit of a a, uh, a testing, like who's watching, who's listening, who really cares. And um, I needed to get past some of those things as well. Like I'm not doing this for the appeal of men. I need to make sure that I'm doing it for um, for the appeal of God, because if I'm working for the appeal of man, I can't really call myself a follower of Christ, as the word says. So I'm thankful for you guys that are listening. I want you to hear that. So thank, keep listening, keep encouraging. It helps me keep uh, commenting, keep giving me feedback, um, whether you like it, whether you don't go follow on YouTube, go follow on all, um, areas of where podcasts are, are, uh, dropped and, uh, go, go read, rate, subscribe and review and leave me a message. Fan the flame pod at gmail.com. You can email me at any time. I would like to see that inbox full with questions. I really enjoyed that Q and a, and I hope you guys did too. Um, and so anyway, um, I wanted to talk about today, a few things coming down the pipe, um, for the culture, for the church and just where we're at individually. 
uh, three things that have really been on my mind. And, and I don't know how much time we'll spend speaking about each of those. But what was really, really been on my heart to talk about today is um, the effects of culture in the church and, and what that looks like and, and what, we're, what we're supposed to do uh, with that when the culture is going against um, the grain of the church and the church um, is still called to reach the lost, even if the lost is the ones um, slandering accusations at us and, and pushing back on our agenda as the bride of Christ to, to um, steward relationship with God first, but also to reach people. And we're supposed to be reaching. And that's that's the biggest thing that the Lord put on my heart with this podcast, because man, my, my cord was trying to choke me uh, because I think that we're so quick to respond as as believers and as Christ followers. And there, there should be a response. Don't get me wrong. But God has showed me this word that we're supposed to reach and. Um, I believe he said to me just this morning, Scott, so many people are trying to respond to how the world is treating us, treating them. But I'm asking you to, to reach those people. And here's the thing. I was, I've been reading in Acts. I've been tearing up Acts again. And toward the middle part of, of, of Acts in 16 and 17, you see that, that Paul has this journey, this Macedonian journey, this Macedonian vision, if, if you will, where um, he gets vision. and But before that happens, two instances in uh, verse, ooh, hit my hit my table in, in, in verse six and seven, I want you to read this with me. It says, now they pass through the territory of Phrygia and Galatia after being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in the West Coast province of Asia Minor. Verse seven says, and after they came to my Asia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit of or the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Paul's intentions were pure. He wanted to preach the gospel to all people, but Jesus and his spirit literally forbade them to move any further than, um, than where they were. He wouldn't allow them to go into Bithynia. He wouldn't allow them to go into Asia Minor. And I've had this question for years, like, God, why? And and I got a couple different um I don't know if they're answers or if they're my own thoughts, but one of them is, you know, the, we see what happens when, when, when Paul um, goes ahead and goes to Macedonia and he builds a team, you know, he has all these people that he, that he has from this vision. Um, and, in in uh, verse 10, it says, and when he had seen the vision, we, including Luke tried to go on into Macedonia at once, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So he sends them to Macedonia. Um, and forbids them to go into Bithynia, into Asia Minor. So a vision comes and appears to Paul in the night. A man from the Roman province of Macedonia was standing and pleading with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we have these plans um, laid out in front of us that we feel like we're supposed to do, and they're good. They're, they're, they're plans to, um, to prosper and to grow our relationship with the Lord. But the Lord's not always calling us into those places. Paul wanted to, the, to get the gospel to all people. And, and Jesus actually says, what do you say? Go make disciples of all nations. So Paul's taking the gospel and he's running with it. He's going to do the right things, but he's going in the wrong areas. And so ooh, he's going to do the right things, but he's running to the wrong area. And the Holy Spirit forbids them. Like it's a, That's a stern rebuke. Like you're not going into Bithynia. You're not going. The spirit of Jesus says, no, you're not going that way. And so he... 
I think that when we wait on the vision, come on, somebody, because you, what, what I've what I've learned in ministry is I have I have a lot of good ideas. I think they come from Scott's idea, his think tank, and the Lord will redirect my path. Say, no, 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 your your um, your reasonings are good. Your zeal is good. But I'm trying to give you a different direction, because if you go that way you know, all these things can happen. And so what we see is it, it, this Paul, after um, submitting to the vision that he got, um, submitting to Christ and, and, and giving him this vision, he got to go to, um, he got to go to Macedonia and, and he got to build this team. I mean, if you read on, it says from settling, setting south from Trous, he ran a direct course to Samothrace, and the next day went on to Neapolis. And then it says from there, uh, he came to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. So he stayed in this city several days, and on the Sabbath day, went outside the city gate to the bank of the uh, Gang, excuse me, the Gangites River, where um, we, excuse me, where we thought there would be a peace, a place of prayer, and we sat down and began speaking to the women who had come there. So this is the first converts in Europe, a woman named Lydia. So Paul's building this team and he's using this amazing woman to do it that he meets at um, this river. And it says um, a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a dealer in purple fabrics who was already a worshiper of God. Listen to us. So she was already a worshiper of God. This is crazy. Okay. And um, she listened to us and the Lord opened her heart to pay attention and to respond to the things said by Paul, already a worshiper of God. Okay. But Paul starts speaking to her about the gospel and her heart is opened. Come on, somebody to pay attention when your heart is open to pay attention to the things that somebody's speaking to you that, re that, um, require faith that, show you the, the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the deeper things of God. Your heart has um, but one answer, and that's to respond by opening up and listening. It says, and she was baptized along with her household. She pleaded with them saying, if you have judged me and decided that I'm faithful to the Lord, a true believer, come to my house and stay. And she persuaded us. It happened that she as we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination that is a demonic spirit claiming to foretell the future and discover hidden knowledge. And she brought her owners a good profit by fortune telling. I won't get too, too much into that. You can read on. It's in Acts 16, but there's this fortune teller that, that comes up basically. And she's proclaiming that, that um, as she's following them, she's proclaiming they have the way of salvation, but she's doing it in a mocking tone. She's doing it like um, she's undercutting. There's undertone. So anyway, Paul casts this demon out of her, and um, they're mad because now they don't have their money from this fortune teller. But anyway, I wanted to talk more about this vision and, and God's um, God's perfect, perfectly placed hand of timing on your life and how you could have um, the right answer and um but maybe be going you know in the wrong direction and so i've, I've done this in my life like I, i've been so zealous to run with the gospel everywhere god i felt god was calling me and um you know he's really trying to show me something else or take me in a different direction and i'm like i, I had the answer god i had the answer for everybody like they need to know this and so Yes, they do. The gospel needs to be preached to all nations, every tribe, tongue, and nation. Everybody, every single person one day, 
Every tribe, every tongue, every nation will bow to the knee of Jesus. Everybody. Believer, non-believer, like everybody will confess that he is Lord with their tongue and they will bow to his knee. And so we'll get to experience that with Jesus in eternal glory. But um, so what do we do with this? What does this look like in your life? Are there areas where you feel like um, you're supposed to go, you're called to go, but then there's this holy internal tension that's pulling you in a different direction and saying, no, your motive is right. You have the right tools in the tool belt, but I'm asking you to go build over here instead of right here right now. And later on, we get to see, you know, why I won't, I won't, um, I won't uh, expose that right now, but you can go read it for yourself as, and there's, there's many different people reasoning why he couldn't go or why the Holy Spirit forbade him. And, um, I just believe that, that God wanted to build a team with Lydia, with, with her family. And if you read on, there's, there's even more, there's, there's so many people that come to the faith because of God's obedience to the vision instead of his own idea. Cause he was headed one way. So there was an idea in his head to thinking, I need to go to Bithynia. I need to go to Asia minor. And the Holy spirit drops a, a vision upon him in the night. And he says, there's a man standing there and he says, come share with us, come to us. So God will give you visions. He'll give you dreams um acts 2 17 and joel 2 28 both say the same thing in the latter days god will pour out his spirit on all earth sons and daughters will prophesy old men will dream dreams young men will have visions and so don't negate the promise that that is for you today don't negate that god still has dreams he still has visions he still has prophecy to speak through you you know i, I was just in a church service um a couple weeks ago and i had a prof some amazing prophetic words spoken over me and I, I'm I'm excited, elated to see those things come to pass. I know that they're from the Lord because they're, they're things that I've treasured in my heart that there's no way these men could have known. And I, I love the fact that God's still speaking today through prophetic utterances, that he's still giving us words of knowledge, that he's still, I mean, why would 1 Corinthians 14, 1 say, desire all gifts, but especially that you may prophesy because it's for the edification of the church. This was done in order. It was done in church. It was done in, and I'm not saying that you can't prophesy over somebody's in the street. Good Lord. I've done that multiple times through the working of Jesus through me. And I'm saying that I'm so thankful that, that these gifts and I'll, and I'll argue this all day long to anyone who was, the, who wants to, to stand on the other side of sensationalism. If they want to have that conversation with me, I'm not, I'm not out to pick that fight, but if I've had people come to me and say, how can you believe that the book clearly states they're gone? I will run them. I will run multiple scripture back to multiple scriptures to say as to why I believe that. Now, I don't believe that this is a make or break salvation thing. I have people that don't believe the gifts are for today. I believe that they're saved. I have people that do believe the gifts are for today, and I do believe that they're saved. I think that, and I didn't know we were going this route, so thank you, Jesus. But I think that we think that we have God figured out so many times, and we're missing so many blessings because he wants to impart with us so many things that we're unwilling to grab because we've already figured it out in our own brain. If we leave no room for the Holy Spirit to do anything, what a boring life. I've been to those church services. Get me out. <laughs> I want to see God move. I want to see him impart gifts. I want to see him speak to his people. And yes, we have the Bible. And that's what's a lot of things that has been the argument to me is we have the Bible. We don't need prophecy. The whole Bible is about prophecy. Six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred years before Jesus was born was prophesying about Jesus. We're living in the book of prophecy right now. Revelation, that is the unveiling. Like we're seeing prophetic things come to pass right now. The rivers that are in the desert, all these things going on in the Middle East. Like we're seeing it. We're seeing this 
Matthew 24 moments. We're seeing them where Jesus is telling us about the end times. And so many people, Christians alike, are just walking around with their heads down like, well, I just can't wait for Jesus to get back. Dude, we got work to do till he gets here. We have to really come to the conclusion that we have work to do for the kingdom of God until he returns. Occupy until he comes, as the word says. And not just occupy, just take up space, but to do the works of an evangelist, do the works of Jesus, do the works of prophets, do the works of apostles, do the works of pastors, do the works of teachers, do all these things collectively in one unit together so that we can have the biggest impact for this end time, um, for this end time time that we're in right now. So, okay. Uh, I want to move forward just a little bit here for uh, where we're at with this month. Um, and I've heard so many good teachings on this. Um, I, I want to just give a shout out to, to my pastor, Michael Parati. And there's many other people that are doing this very well. Um, and I want to I want to highlight some things that I think will help us as the church. Now, this is a message strictly for those who are following Jesus and it's a message for everybody who may not be following Jesus, but maybe you're on the fence. Also, those who are vehemently disagreeing with the Bible. I believe that this message reaches all people because the Bible reaches all people. And believe it or not, one day everybody's going to know that Jesus Christ is real, that, the, that the, the truth that is written in the word of God is real, that there's substance to it, that, that faith, it will take faith to believe these things, but they're all true no matter what or how we feel about it. So let me get a drink of my coffee. Shameless plug here. Bang, bang, Niner gang. I don't know why I'm like shameless plug. I'm not promoting. Anyway, hang with me. I want to talk about Pride Month. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, things that some people are scared to touch on. I'm not. Um, I have friends who have been a part of this. I have friends that have been a part of this lifestyle who are now converted and changed for life. Um, they're my heroes, by the way. Like I have a lot of heroes, but people who have um, were committed to a life of sin as myself. Um, now, this wasn't my sin, but I had a lot of sins that weren't any worse than this one. I was living in fornication, debauchery, um, uh, random many, many different relationships that were not godly. Um, promiscuous, I guess, would probably be the word I could use there. Um, fornication, you go back to the Bible and see what fornication means. Um, drinking, I was a drunken, lusting, cheating, you name it. I probably held that hat at one time. Now, this sin that we're going to talk about that this month celebrates, well, um, is is absolutely positively 100% there's grace for it. There's grace for this sin. There's grace for any sin. I don't care what it is. Jesus Christ, allowing him to come in and change our life, repenting of the sin that we are committing or have been a part of, um, I promise your life will be way different. Now, um, biblically speaking, this is where I'm, this is where I'm headed. Y'all yeah, have a lot of my own thoughts, but I want to give just biblical reasoning for uh, why I want to talk about this because we're in June and we all know what happens in June. It's pride month, right? They, um, the culture has labeled this pride month. Okay. Um, 
Now, I want you to note before I say anything that this comes from my mouth with extreme love, extreme commitment to the gospel of Jesus and not the culture. Um, I'm not chasing the culture. I'm chasing the kingdom. I, I've given up the culture. When I repented of my sin, was born again, uh, washed by the washed by the blood, washed in the in the water, and and imparted the Spirit of God, um, uh, my life changed dramatically. There was nothing um, that I was chasing before that that is now um, that I'm now hungry for nothing. Doesn't mean temptation won't come. It just means that I can stiff arm that GMO off my, my plate of what I'm eating and, and I can say no to it. Um, and because of the strength of Jesus that he's imparted to me, that's the only thing I can attest. My saving, um, the saving power that's within me has nothing to do with Scott Tilly. It has everything to do with Jesus and his blood. I have done nothing to deserve this. I have done nothing that, um, could have conjured up getting God's attention towards me. I have nothing to do with it. Jesus Christ's blood is sufficient. The word of God has spoken. I have responded, and now I am free to move anywhere I want with his spirit and make an impact on this earth. And that is all I'm trying to do with this platform, okay? I don't know why um, I felt led to start with that, but I did. Um, because I, I think that a lot of people perceive because you speak truth that you're you're slandering or you're a bigot or you're prejudiced or this that and the other i'm not i'm giving you truth because one day every single one of us will stand before the king of kings and we will have to give an account for the life that we lived and i want you to have a good report to him i want myself to have a good report to him because narrow is the road that leads to life and few find it i want you to be that few Okay. All right. So this is the question I've had. Well, how do we respond? How do we respond to this? How do we respond to um, gay pride month or pride month or, or trans or pans? Or I, I don't even know. There's so many different ones. Now I don't try to keep up because they're all, um, they're all a demonic agenda to get you off the track that God has for your life. Okay. Every one of them. Now, does it mean that you cannot be saved from that just because people are oppressed by demons or even possessed by demons? My goodness, go back and read the Bible. Jesus casted demons out of people all the time. The Bible says in John that there are so many miracles he performed that every book in the world could not hold them. So we have a collaborated uh, list, not list. We have a collaborated story of, of uh, demonic deliverance in the Bible, in the four Gospels, that is, is, is small and minute like compared to what he actually did there's so many different miracles and that doesn't mean that they're ill important my goodness they're in there for a reason okay because they are important but there were so many miracles that jesus attested to that every book every book in the world couldn't hold all the miracles that he did okay so how do we respond and this is where i believe that god showed me like you don't respond you reach okay yes there is a response in that but like if if our whole concept is how do i respond how do i kick back how do i you're doing this, so I'm going to do that. You reach. Jesus's reach was not um, left to the extension of those around him. He went to different areas, preached to different people. And even, even in the book of Revelation, where Jesus is preaching through John and through these other um, apostles and disciples, we get to see that his reach is not limited to one area. Okay, the Bible is obviously a book that has been um, 
pushed all around the world. And so God's reach is not limited to our mere human existence. His reach is beyond human existence. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It's a living, breathing document. It's still alive. It's still active. It's not something that we've we've seen written and we put on the shelf and say, oh, look at that cool book of history over there. It's actually alive right now because of you, because of people that are dedicated to pushing the gospel to every single soul that they may encounter. And, and I'm coming at this with that perspective. I want people to know the truth. There is such thing as truth, and it's not a gray line. There's truth, and there's things that have been li- that, that we've been lied to about, and we need to come to the conclusion that the truth belongs to the truth giver, and that's Jesus. So we reach. We reach people, just not just homosexual people, not just transsexual people. We reach all people. The gospel is not limited to my circle of influence. It's actually a reach beyond that. That's the whole thing of evangelism. That's why the Bible says to do the work of an evangelism, of an evangelist, because you have to reach everybody. And there's there's a uh, there's a tenure that you may have in some places where you've reached and then you go on. But the whole concept is to reach everybody with the truth. And so I'm just going to break this down for you. This this is I don't know if you can see that. So Pride Month, look what's right in the middle of Pride Month. Okay, the word demon. Okay, pay attention. Don't go. Oh, he's getting all weird and conspiracists on me. It's in the word. The word of God is alive and active. The word of God will bring freedom. The word of God will bring truth. The word of God will bring peace, comfort. And if you're living in if you're living in this lie, if you're living in this lie that you have to have pride to be to be happy, that to be a part of a community, that that you have to carry pride to do that, you've been lied to. Look, we can go back to we can go back to the beginning of the Bible. Jesus, um, God, the Holy Spirit kicked Satan out of heaven for what? One word. What was it? He was pride. He carried pride, right? He was prideful. So Satan was trying to take over heaven. He wanted to overthrow God. He wanted to overthrow his, him on his throne. And so he was prideful. He got kicked out of heaven. And when you celebrate that, you've now partnered with a demonic spirit that wants to overthrow you. The whole reason for pride is to elevate oneself above, come on, the creator. Don't, it doesn't matter what you're prideful about. You can be prideful of your business. You can say, my business is the best business ever. It's better than God's kingdom. It's better than whatever. It doesn't have to be your sexuality. It can be anything. And so that's the, that's the, the most dangerous part about the enemy is he only gives you this much. When in, and beyond that, he's wanting to take you know, this much from your life. And so right there in the middle of the word, Pride Month is demon. Okay, why would you want to partner with that? There's people that will say, well, that's that's what I believe. I, I'm a fan. I follow that. Well, OK, um, but I want to let you know that you're affecting those around you when you do that. Pride is something that is it's like a cancer. It spreads. It's not just your sin. It becomes somebody else's if you don't deal with it. It's, it's like the kids that that are you know three years old holding the gay pride flags and they're they're at the parades and they're. That child doesn't know how to make that choice on its own. He was brought to that place by his parents, you know? And so we have to know that, man, this is going to affect former generations or, you know, uh, generations after us and further generations is the word I'm looking for. So I want to, I want to break this down for you. Okay. What are the color? And and we know like the original um, rainbow is what it's, it's God's promise that he'll never flood the earth again, right back in Genesis. 
Um, he gives a rainbow after he destroys the earth. Um, and he promises to never flood the earth again through this, through this act of creating this rainbow. And, um, you can get into that as deep as you want. You know, um, there were, there were giants on the earth at that time. There were Nephilim and God had to, they, they were procreating with human beings, um, with females. And they were, they were, uh, basically breeding hybrids, which is what God never intended, um, for us to do was to be a hybrid. He wanted us a pure. And so he floods the earth, kills everybody off, starts over. And, um, so you can dig into that yourself. So how many, let's, let's look at this. How many, um, this is there's, it's important to pay attention to detail. Okay. There is seven colors in that rainbow that God created. What does that tell you? Okay. What are the colors? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, right? Seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you got red, you've got orange, you've got yellow, you've got green, you've got blue, and you've got violet. Okay, seven colors in God's rainbow. What does seven represent in the Bible? What did God do on the seventh day? Come on, it's a quiz. When I finish a task, what can I do? I can now rest. God finished the task of creating humanity, creating everything that he would essentially want in humanity. And then he, he, he rested. He rested on the seventh day because he had completed his work. He sat back. He looked. He rested. He admired. God looks at you and he admires you, by the way. And he's happy with what he did. Okay. So seven, seven represents completion. Okay. And then you got to pay attention to the colors. Okay. And we'll get to that in a minute. How many colors are there in the gay pride rainbow? There's only six. Six colors in the gay pride flag. Okay. You know what you know what six represents? You can go to Revelation of Genesis and see that six represents man. Okay. Man. What is man? Man is flawed. He's sinful. He's broken. He's weak. Come on. So look at it. Okay. Man in his best day could not, you know, God doesn't have any worse days, but man in his best day is not in comparison to God on his worst day, which God obviously doesn't have worse days, but you get the point. Um Six represents man and completeness, brokenness, sinfulness. Like it's what we are as men. It's what we are as people. We're broken. We're sinful. We're, we're not elevated to perfection. Okay. That's Jesus. That throne is designated for Jesus. But in him, through him, by him, we get to seat with him. Come on. In heavenly places, once we accept him as Savior, repent of our sins, and believe that he is Lord and king of kings okay so six represents incomplete seven represents completion what did god do on the sixth day well he didn't rest he's still in process right seventh day he rests okay and i want you to pay attention to this and we might we might be quick done with this quicker than i thought um completion fulfillment promise oath all these things uh correlate with the number seven in the bible okay Obviously, we, we went over that six is incomplete, brokenness, sinful, weak. Look at the colors. What color is missing from the gay pride rainbow? I'll give you a minute to look. <laughs> this isn't a live feed. So the color indigo or purple. Okay. That's, that's the color missing from the gay pride um, rainbow. What does purple represent? in the bible purple linen right 
go back to uh well we just read it um in acts but it represents um holiness it represents righteousness the, the color purple in the bible represents um righteousness and you have to be you have to receive jesus to receive that righteousness right it's royalty it's luxury the kings and the would wear this color on their back to represent their kingdom and how much power and authority that they had um and so i want you to note that that's the color that's missing from the gay pride flag that's that's tough because now you're, you're walking around not complete and, and it says in the bible says in christ we had the full fulfillment right so we're walking around incomplete when we're when we're um, when we're walking around in pride, when we're choosing pride over the kingdom, when we're choosing pride over God's provision. By the way, um, we're we're partnering with the culture instead of the kingdom, and that's just a dangerous place to walk. So the Bible depicts purple as what it evokes a feeling of royalty, importance, and honor. Purple also continues constitutes for wisdom and spirituality purple is a secondary color that is formed by combining the primary colors blue and red obviously we know red represents the blood of christ right purple is the fourth most frequent mentioned in the color of word of god it's 48 times it's mentioned it represents and symbolizes kingship okay so when you partner with pride you've for you've forbidden your kingship you've, you've gotten rid of it okay uh royalty you can't you know the bible says that we are a royal priesthood Okay, you're no longer that. Um, it represents luxury. Okay, in Christ we have all things that we need. Okay, it represents um, wealth. Okay, so obviously the kings and the queens would would use this color to represent their wealth, what they own. And in Christ we have all that we need, so we can constitute that as um man i'm i have the riches of christ like i i have i have joy i have peace i have patience i have kindness all these things that we have get, been given to the holy spirit are now now they're gone like they've been taken from us because we we've, we've sold ourselves for a a fake peace a fake happiness a fake joy like anything that god has created the the devil's going to try to counterfeit okay that's why i i know this because john 14:27 says this jesus says this actually to the disciples peace I give to you, my perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, but that as I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He's saying that the world's going to offer you, come on, a fake peace. The world's going to offer you something that's not authentic, that's not luxurious, that's not wisdom-based, that's not righteousness, that's not purity, that's not all these things that, that we are giving up for what? A momentary feeling of worldly satisfaction that won't last. Did you know that there's more people that commit suicide in that certain community than any other? And it breaks my heart because these people, they've been lied to. People have been lied to. They, they have been, they have bought into the lie that they need anything outside of God's creation and the way that he's created us to live and they're truly not living they're dying and i hate that because it's my it's always been my goal to get people to the gospel and to bring the gospel to people and i'm not sitting here slandering anybody i hope there's nothing that you took away from this that he's judgmental he's a bigot look 
I was lied to as well. I thought that I needed multiple women to make me happy. I thought that I needed alcohol and weed and all these things to make me happy. And one day God was very clear to me and he said to me, I am enough. I am enough. So I don't care where you're at on any spectrum of life. I don't care how deep you are. I don't care how bad things seem. I mean, it's not that I don't have empathy for that. I'm saying like, no matter where you're at, the blood of Christ is sufficient and it's enough and it will save you. It will not condemn you. The blood of Christ does not condemn. The word of God says that in 16 of the, of the book of John, um, three, uh, verse 16, chapter three, but what God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 17 says this. Okay. Don't forget. Go on and read one more verse. Everybody knows John 3.16. Go read 3.17. For Christ has not come into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. That they might be saved. He's looking at you. He was looking at you through the lens of the cross. His righteousness for my sin. His purity for my imperfection. His love for my hate. And he saved me. And he can save you. I'm just giving you the facts. I'm just reading to you what's going on. I want you to see things for the way they are because we have been lied to. There's been a blinder put in front of us. We have been lied to. And we don't, we don't need to walk around blind. We don't need to walk around full of pride. We need to walk around humble. And at the feet of Jesus is where we start those things. We, we start at his feet, worshiping him, exonerating him, believing in him. And, and I'll say this. The church has has sometimes gotten this wrong. We've um, we've excluded certain groups of people from worship, saying you're not welcome here. You can't come in here because of X Y Z. You can't be here because of X Y Z. And I want to tell you that around me, representing the church, you'll always have a safe place. I don't care what your sin is, what you're struggling with, you'll always have a safe place with me because I'll I'll shoot you with truth from the scripture, and I'll love you. I'll love you where you're at. I'll love you right where you're at. In the midst of your sin, I will love you because God did the same for me. And it would be contradicting. It would be terrible of me as a believer not to love you where you were at when God loved me, where I, when I was where I was at. That's it. I love you. More importantly, Jesus loves you. Just don't be deceived. Make sure you are following not your heart, following the spirit of God. Because your heart's deceitful and it's wicked above all things. Who can understand it? It'll lie to you. But Jesus, he'll never lie to you. And he'll give you a new heart. He'll replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh. And you'll get to see great and mighty exploits which you did not know before. Guys, all, all Jesus is asking us to do is to believe. To believe what he said is true. To walk in his statutes. To walk in his way. To walk with him hand in hand. To allow his spirit to speak to us. I love the Bible because it's not dedicated to one group of people or one place. It's dedicated to all people, everybody that would come to the knowledge of God. It's, you know, it's God's will that all men would come to the knowledge of who he is. That's his will for your life is to, to, for you to grasp the knowledge of who he is, to be able to walk in your true purpose, to deny our flesh, to pick up our cross and to follow him. That's where true life actually begins. I can tell you for me, that's where it began. I don't desire the things I desired before. Is temptation there? 100%. 
but it's not my desire to give into that temptation. It is my desire to follow Jesus, even to the end of the earth. That's what my desire is. I want to see the promises come to pass. I want to be obedient to do the things he's called me to, even in the small things. And here's the beauty of it. He doesn't leave us. He's with us. I don't care if you've tried Jesus like, and you've fallen back into your sin. Maybe, maybe this message needs to reach somebody that has, has, has been a part of a lifestyle that's contradicting to Scripture. They know that they're wrong. They know that they're doing, what they're doing is wrong, and they've tried Jesus, and it wasn't for them. Well, can I tell you something? Just because he's been misrepresented to you through churchgoers and other people doesn't mean he doesn't love you. You didn't try Jesus. You tried the church. You didn't try relationship with Holy Spirit. You tried religion. And religion only gets you so far. Church. Church is church. It's full of a bunch of imperfect people chasing a perfect God. So just, just believe that no matter what you're going through, no matter how hurt you are, whether it's church hurt or world hurt or whatever, God has a place for you. He has a place where his peace surpasses all your understanding. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're feeling, his peace is bigger. And he wants you to experience it. And he wants to experience it with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's with you. Will you believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is who he says he is, that he is the Alpha, he is the Omega, he sees the beginning from the end. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. And he has great things for you. Will you believe that today? If so, pray with me. Father, it's in Jesus' name that I approach you. Your throne room of grace is available no matter where I'm at in life. No matter how bad in sin I have been falling, no matter how far away I feel from you, your throne room of grace is open to me because of the blood of Jesus. God, I repent for my sins. I'm sorry for the way that I've been living. I need to be more adherent to know your voice. Your word says that your sheep know your voice and they follow you. I choose to follow you today, Jesus. I choose to lay aside all worldly desires and, and culture irrelevances that will bring me further away from your kingdom. I choose the kingdom today, Jesus. I choose a new life in Christ. I choose to deny myself, to pick up my cross, and to follow you. I choose to, even when it gets hard, God, that I will continue on the path that you paved before me, that narrow road that leads to life. I choose that today, God. I choose your goodness. I choose your purity. I choose your perfection. I choose your completion. I choose to be with you, not away from you. I turn my face towards you. For your love is deeper than anything the world can offer me. I choose you today, God. I choose righteousness. Be with me. Comfort me. Guide me. Protect me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to reach out to me. Facebook, text message, whatever. Fantheflamepod at gmail.com. If you prayed that prayer today and you gave your life to Christ through this unfiltered, probably, I don't know, many different, whatever, uh, many, many different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Errors. 
um, in, in my own thinking, um, thank God that Jesus's grace is sufficient. If you prayed that prayer today through my imperfection, Jesus, Jesus works best in my weakness. His power is made perfect in my weakness is what I'm trying to get at. So whatever I did or said, um, that, um, may have been contrary to what you believe. Um, I think I'm thankful that God can work through that. I'm thankful that he can come, um, he can come in, he can change your life. And if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to reach out to me. If you prayed that prayer with me today, I want you to reach out to me. And I want you to tell me um, what Jesus did while you were praying that prayer, because I believe that he will start to change some things. He will start to change your perspective and to get into the word more and to rely on his truth more because the world has so many lies. We have to believe the truth. I love y'all. Thanks for listening today. I pray blessings over your life. If you haven't yet, go on, rate, subscribe, review, send me an email, go on YouTube at Fan the Flame Pod. Um, and yeah, I love you guys. Be blessed today.